Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Siri, give me H-Town Soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. Uh, it felt good. I mean, it felt good to be the first one. I'm glad that we had we, we take this one out of the way. But overall, as as, as a team, I think um, first half um, we were a little too slow uh, offensively. Uh, what made what made uh, the game for Salt Lake a little bit easier to defend us. Uh, I think second half uh, we came back a little bit uh, more on the front foot, more the way that we want to be, moving the ball a little bit faster, and we we're a little bit more playing on their on their half. What made us to be a little bit more in control of the game, but uh, overall happy with the defensive performance. Uh, not so happy with the, the offensive part, but that's something that we can build on pawn. Um and. That's where that's that's where I stand right now. What a pace sound. Welcome to another episode of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and I am joined by Christian Putalias and Rodrigo Segura. Guys, week one happened already. Uh, it may have not been the perfect thing that we were looking for as a home opener, but anyways, it, it's here. It started before we get started and talking about it. I just want to see what you guys felt. Just tell me the one word of this weekend uh bland bland all right rodrigo um i would that's say tough. success honestly <laughs> okay Having like a clean yeah, sheet that's like that's successful like you don't drop points i mean you do drop points at home but i, I don't know yeah no I, i'm with you guys but you know i guess before we get started christian you want to tell the people how to connect with us yeah man uh, so you can get at us at dynamo theory on ig and twitter you can uh, shoot us an email at dynamo theory podcast at gmail.com you can find me at chris putalias you can find rudy at rudy segura three you can find rodrigo at rodrigo segura zero one and for everything and anything you can uh, just hit up the page which is dynamo theory.com yeah so again the match happened sunday night it was a fun match i think it and this group that we have rodrigo uh, christian and myself good that we all have different perspectives so i was sitting with the uh, supporters um, and Christian was in the media box, and Rodrigo was watching it on TV at home. Um, so for sure, we all kind of saw the game a little different, and it's definitely exciting just to be a part of there too, right? I think uh, before we even kind of, what's it called? Uh, not, it's not preview, but it's not even a review, right? It was more of like just talking about the game, not necessarily breaking it down into detail, but just want to like let's start with the lineup. So we had Steve Clark obviously in goal, uh, Dorsey playing the right back, which right now it looks like Seca may get in there quickly. But uh, Tim Parker, Rodrigo hit it on Daniel Stairs being the uh, another center back. We had Adam there, we had Corey Bird playing on the wing, we had Memo 
we had Matias Vera, Seren. And if you pick Seren to start, man, you just hit the lottery there. Uh, we had Fafa, and then we had Ferreira. Before anything, guys, um, and Christian, I'll start with you. You know, what was just your your um, what do you your thoughts on the lineup itself that you know started the match? I think you know the the whole Steris uh, starting or you know having either Steris or Teenage. Uh, it was like you know a 50-50 kind of chance you know even though that you know like rodrigo said stead is probably had the upper hand just because he he has been there for a longer time so it wasn't really a surprise there you know for many of us but i think the major surprise for everybody was that midfield you know having uh memo and darwin seren i think everybody you know knew that matias vera is like an undisputed starter but when we saw seren and you know, memo, we were like, you know, what what's going on here? Because, you know, I guess everybody was expecting Coco just because he he had a, a pretty good um, preseason. And then just Darwin Quintero, you know, given the fact that it's a new era, is a new time. And, you know, maybe a lot of us were, were waiting for it, for a new, like a fresh start for Quintero. But he ended up playing, what, 25 minutes, probably less. Um, but yeah, I think that was the biggest surprise that, that Quintero not being from the beginning. So maybe it wasn't Tab's <laughs> fault. Yeah. You know? But but we'll see, I guess, well, in the future, future games, I guess. Yeah, no, I think, uh, like you said, the midfield was very, the one that kind of everybody saw and we're like, what the heck just happened? Um, just because we, we expected more of a variation of Maybe, uh, you know, Memo playing on one side with Coco on the other or Coco and Quintero, like you mentioned. Um, so I'm seeing Seren definitely kind of threw everybody off. We were like, maybe, you know, their injuries, maybe they're trying to just wait on people. Um, but Rodrigo, anything else you want to add on just that starting lineup? Yeah, like most of us, um, just surprised about um, Seren. And uh, overall, I think that's kind of what we expected. Um, Quintero not playing much. Uh, yeah, it's to an extent surprising but you know when you have Sebas up there and you have Fafa and I think especially in this game I think it, it had to be more of a defensive game um I think that's kind of what Nagamura was doing because holding possession we did a great job of that um there was like little spurs um moments where like they were actually doing like even if it's side to side passing they were actually trying to keep possession and not give it like just don't give a stupid uh ball away um you know or force a pass i should say um and i think with quintero not starting i think that kind of helped that because quintero as we saw is um what's the word atrevido um, yeah more a risk taker yeah, yeah a risk taker yeah so so with him um starting i think that would have cost more you know like us lose the ball more or just take yeah. wild shots or wild I passes i think and, and you know looking at the lineup the you know we mentioned how we got a couple of different lineups the one that uh the houston dynamo put on twitter was a little bit different it showed a four three three basically um then the one that was sent out to the media looked a little bit different with like said playing on the wing basically um but then at the end of the day now the updated one looks like you know before we start recording it looks like a four five one basically and and to be fair that was the one that ma- makes more sense because for most of the game, Sebas was, you know, Sebastian Ferreira was playing on an island, right? I think he was yeah. just really working. He was trying to, you know, get uh, the ball as much as he could, but 
he he wasn't able to get any real touches inside the uh, the opposing box, which you know obviously goes with not having the right people to serve him at this point. Yet, as much as we want to say that, and we know that you know um, transfers for a new winger or a new uh, a midfielder, whether it be Hector Herrera or a bigger name or whatever they're looking for, it's something that is going to come you know with time. But at the same time, I think RSL did a hell of a job of, you know, their formation. I mean, they play with three center backs, just kind of, you know, reduced the space in the back, um, gave us about, I think we finished with about 70% of the possession, which is incredible. And, you know, it was a lot of side-to-side passing. I think Tim Parker ended up having more than more passes than everybody, which was like 100-plus passes. So... I think the uh, Russell like did a good job of playing a defensive way, especially with all the uh, the injuries, you know, and all the people out. So yeah. escaping with a point, I think RSL knew exactly what they were looking for for sure. Yeah, shout out to uh, I guess uh, shout out to Pablo Mastrioni, the ex assistant coach for the Houston Dynamo. That yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, that that's big big ups to uh, to a coach like that, you know, coming to. Like, you know, you're coming to a place where, you know, you might feel some pressure or you you might kind of see what, what Paulo Nagamura has. And, and I mean, as much as we did a good job, I think we also like to also did a good job. You know, even though we were a little bit more dangerous than them, the fact that, you know, they came here, they obviously didn't have their main striker. They didn't have their one of their main defenders, uh, but they were able still to come in and just kind of, you know, keep keep their score and well, not score. Uh, like I said, because they didn't have their main striker, but the fact that they didn't get scored on, you know, it, it speaks well of them, especially when, when you think about how, you know, Houston has Fafa on the one side, ha- has a new number nine, you know, the the potential of Coco Carrasquiza and, and, uh, and Quintero coming in at some point in time to make that team dangerous. So, I mean, if we're going to, I guess, give props to anybody, I guess we could also give it to Real Select. But I think the Dynamo... Like uh, like Rodrigo was saying, you know, they played pretty good possession game. Obviously, the fact that uh, the two center backs pretty much have most of the ball that mo- most of the time. I don't know if it's a good thing, uh, you know, obviously in the attacking form, but I guess it's a good thing in the possession form that the fact that, you know, you were able to keep the ball. And and now when, you know, Rodrigo was mentioning the fact that with Quintero being more of a risk taker when it comes to passing and stuff like that, it makes sense for to have a Darwin Seren and a Matias Vera, you know, kind of sit back and and defend a little bit more because they, they kind of control the ball a little bit better and are able to give you more precise passes. Um, and then, you know, I guess you have Memo as your risk taker in a way, even though Memo is not known for being kind of like a risk taker. So I guess, you know, Paulo was trying to play it safe, I guess, for the first game. Um, but I mean, I, 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 that's all I have. I mean, also the fact that, uh, Lundy had a good game on, on his side, you know, at one point in time, he was in the second half, he was marking one of the biggest dudes probably in the MLS, that number 10 for real. So like, he's like six, two, and he's a giant dude, almost 200 pounds, I think. And he, they kind of had him under control. So, I mean, shout out to, to the back line for sure. Yeah. And I'll let Rodrigo kind of, you know, more, go more into detail, but, I think, you know, in the uh, DT chat that we were talking, we were talking or like, was our defense really good or was their offense really bad? And I think it was a combination of it. I think 
from our four in the back, even, you know, with Griffin Dorsey, that it ended up getting injured and only playing at a half and then seeing Sadiq Valentine. I think that the uh, the team itself played pretty good. What is it? Uh, okay. You, you want to add those in a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we can add that. Uh, but Rodrigo, you know, obviously, I, and I want to see your perspective. I know you saw it on TV. You know, it's definitely, you get to see more of the overview. Yeah. Um, but the defense, I think, you know, everybody but status just looked a little out of place. And that could be just because of the, you know, the experience that the, everybody else has. They have obviously a year kind of under their belt of gelling, how the word they keep using uh, together. But and, and it wasn't that he played bad. I don't think he played bad. But, you know, you can definitely tell. I think uh, Parker played probably one of his best games in, in a while for the yes, team. You know, he was sure. getting everything. But Rodrigo, I just want you to add a little bit on that and, and how, you know, what you saw, especially too after bouncing like uh, came in. Yes. Um, I mean, the things I noticed, you know, especially I guess like the whole uh, camera focusing on players and how they're talking to each other without the ball and things like that. Um, so the main thing I noticed, and I thought this was kind of, I guess, funny because we're, I'm always saying like, ah, uh, status, you know, I don't want him on the lineup. I don't think he's comfortable, all this kind of stuff. Clark was like, that was his main guy to go to, to like talk, you know, cor defending corners or any set pieces or just um, off the ball defending, you know, he, he would just always be talking to him, but not in like, uh, you're doing something wrong way. And uh, I trust you kind of thing. Like, like if I would not know who the captain was, I would think it would be like, like, you know, if, if the captain's in the defense, I wouldn't think Parker's the captain. Just because Stettis and Clark had a, I feel like they just on what I saw on TV, um, that they had a better relationship on things. Um, I unfortunately I didn't really watch most of the first half because um, I was traveling, um, so I didn't really see how Dorsey played. I did see that you know he was taken off um, due to the injury, and as far as the defense having to actually defend well, I think it was or you know or like how you said the offense doing a better job. I, I feel like it was really just the midfield. Um, the things that I saw was uh, Fafa, like literally just on a dead sprint, tracking back all the time. Um, Veda actually playing what I, I had seen on preseason, that he was dropping back a lot, trying to help the center backs out. Um, Seden, obviously I saw him, um, you know, putting that work. Out of all the midfielders, I would say um, Memo was the only one that, didn't seem to do much defending because the other guys had it covered. I think he was the main guy to try to find more of the attack, find the wingers or um, even Sebas. But I, I think the defense, yeah, they, they kind of, um, they weren't really tested as we saw, but at the same time, I think because the, the midfield did a pretty good job of doing, you know, of trying to keep Rosa Lake out of like the danger zone per se. Yeah, and I mean, I'll add just to uh, we'll keep on the defense because we have uh, a question that uh, Christian was added to the to our Instagram, and we got quite a few answers and just kind of what you know the the fans saw of the defense. But talking about Memo, you know, obviously Memo, I think was put into that role, and he was the creative one um, when set in and Beta were there. Like you said, I think he was. They basically let him be the free guy, you know, the free man kind of roaming the field. Mm -hmm. uh, but whenever I, you know, the perspective was when Coco went in, that changed a little. Um, Coco and, and uh, is, was doing a little bit more of the freedom aspect of it. 
and um and Memo was the one doing a lot of the defending and you know maybe people see it and Memo obviously there was no goals created right so you can't just pick on one player personally uh I saw Memo play very well he was just not hitting the you know the last pass and obviously no one did because the score ended zero zero but he was out there hustling you know fighting every ball uh whether you know, because he had the liberty of being that creative guy, which obviously Quintero did the same thing. A lot of balls uh, and possession was lost, you know, from him or Quintero. And but Memo did a hell of a job of tracking back. At least, you know, if he wasn't winning the ball, he was making it, uh, you know, adding the pressure so the uh, opponents would lose the ball. But going into the uh, the uh, question about defending, uh, Christian, you had asked the uh, our fans, you know, you know, how did you guys feel about the defense uh, from last night? And we have a little bit of all kinds of answers. I think uh, we have, man, I wish that people had some names, but we'll start with the first one. Chris Flores <laughs> put, I don't think they get word tested. And that was something, Rodrigo, you mentioned. Um, uh, I think this guy, what's his name? Uh, but it says P Bravo. Uh, it says uh, it was very it was very strong, but they should have created more plays and opportunities, which that's not the defense. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> if, if any, if anything, <laughs> I think that the defense, our defense created more than our midfielders at one point in time. I think Lundy was probably the best player on the field for yeah. us. Uh, you have G money. So I love I love G money. Uh, Look solid. We have his says status and teenage. That would be the starting defense. That's interesting. Uh, Rodrigo, you mentioned the fact that, you know, it looked like they're relying a lot on Stettis. I mean, even being there, it was very noticeable that Clark would always get on Stettis, and it wouldn't be, like you said, necessarily something that he was messing up on. Um, but it could also be just to get his, his uh, you know, encourage him since he was the only one kind of out of place in that or new to that defensive line. Um, Dago. Uh, said from what I heard, Parker instead has looked good. Um, Manny, it was solid. Real Salt Lake didn't have no clear chances except for one. Um, Kay says it was actually pretty decent. Oscar Hemp, um, good, got the job done, but we need Hadevi and, and Seca will be much better. Which again, I think Seca, especially with Griffin Dorsey, heard um, Seca may be starting. Soon, I don't think he'll start next or this weekend, um, but hopefully soon. But he's already he's already in Houston, so which is great news. Already, yeah, it's good yeah. to have him here. So hopefully, you know, if he has to do some kind of quarantine, which to me to an extent, I think COVID is kind of over. So we'll see kind of mm-hmm. what the regulations are for that um, until mm-hmm. we get him playing soon. Um, this guy, what's his name? Huris. Huris says yeah. defense looks structured. They held it down i feel they did have us push back most game um i don't think they had us push back but the obviously looking at um how many passes uh Stettis and and parker had you could see it that way just because they kept going back and forth uh but at the same time i i think um rodrigo you mentioned the fact that some of the players can be re- risk takers and i feel like it was everybody played it kind of safe for the first game of the season um Bad boy Cisco, so bad boy Francisco. <laughs> uh, it was okay, but the mid needs to work most of the game. Couldn't take control of the mid. Again, we're talking about the defense. I think overall, uh, and Rodrigo, I kind of want you to build up a little bit of the importance of a clean sheet that 
forever we've been just trying to get some clean sheet going. And yes, it's not uh, the best scenario not to get that win. Uh, you know, I think, you know, out of us three, you guys predicted a win um, for this match. And, and looking at the team, uh, or at both teams, before we really even had the, uh, the who's in, who's out because of injury, I thought a draw sounded like what it was going to happen. Um, but then once I saw the injury le- list, I was be- pushing towards the uh, we're going to win side. But that goal never came. Um, Rodrigo, but your, your thoughts on that, man, just some of the importance on that clean sheet. So I have mentioned before that um, we need like the clean shit is a morale boost. And, you know, I have mentioned before that Pablo Nagamura, if he's going to do anything, at least get some some clean sheet, especially for the first game. That's why I think out of everybody, I'm actually the only one that said like a 2-0 win because I was just hoping like we need to like the offense is there. You know, we added key pieces, um, Sebas, you know, maybe adding a couple more. We already have Fafa, Quintero. I feel like. Goals are going to come, but where we struggle the most is our defense. And I think with Paolo, he knows that, okay, you know, Paolo and um, Pat both know it. That's why we brought in uh, Steve Clark um, to kind of solve those issues of like, you know, is it the problem with the communication with the defense? Um, You know, being a goalkeeper, everybody's going to have that stop shopping, uh, stop shot stopping abilities <laughs> put it there <laughs> yeah and you, around, just but, uh, to add also you know you have to mention that he had two key saves right there too yeah, yeah. Guard did so yeah i mean he you know he did what he was supposed to do he was well positioned for those saves um and that that just builds the whole defense the whole team you know if you can at least keep a clean sheet especially at home for your first game even though the goals didn't we didn't see it we almost saw a Freaking uh, amazing goal, golazo mm-hmm. from Quintero, um, ricochet off the crossbar. Um, but you know, things like that are gonna happen, and I feel like if the defense is strong enough, or we can build it to keep possession and um, no, obviously not to do stupid fouls or um, just let the opposition take wild shots. You know, I think the Dynamo is gonna be pretty successful this year. Yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of close out talking about Real Salt Lake, but I do want to add, you know, some of the subs that came in. We did mention Tarek Valentine came in uh, because of uh, Dorsey getting injured. Uh, Coco came in for, I believe, Serena at the time. Then we saw Darwin Quintero come in for Memo Rodriguez. And the surprise out of all, too, was Thor. So Thor was worthy, right? We mentioned about the fact <laughs> that he could be on the, sta- you know, on the, on the team sheet for the match. Um, and it was impressive to see him get some playing time. It wasn't a lot of time that he got, um, but he looked very good. You know, he was on the they were playing on the side that I was sitting on, on being on the supporter section. So we, I got to see a little bit of, you know, the magic that this kid can have. Uh, he came in to be basically sit next to Sebastian um, when we had the ball and he would back up to a winger slash I guess right midfielder um when we lost the ball but you know I think you know I'm still hopeful that he's gonna be the young player of the year for the dynamo um so we can yeah so we can definitely hope that uh the number 34 sadly he doesn't have Thor on the back of his jersey otherwise it would be uh you know yeah so you know what and I think it's because um so I, I ran into this I don't know. We're or not random video, but apparently Thor, it's one of like you can name a kid that 
like I think Disney and Marvel and all this, they have like rights towards that name. So I think that's the main reason he doesn't have it on the jersey. Um, it could be. I mean, you know, having that and they can't really market to like a superhero because I'm pretty sure that's what everybody's thinking when they see that. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if that could have been a reason because I wouldn't be surprised. Dude. Nickname. Disney owns I mean, everything. <laughs> I'm sure they own us and we don't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, we, you do we, know I, it. You have Disney Plus. You have well, Plus. <laughs> we're paying to be owned. So that's yeah. even worse. <laughs> but like you probably look behind your back and there's like a little tattoo that has like a little barcode that says Disney or something. Something yeah, some mirrors. <laughs> yeah, something crazy like that. But uh yeah, overall, like I said, you know, we wanted that win. Uh you know, the fans really, really, really were ready to explode when a when a goal in our favor um, you know, would have happened and celebrate it. You know, you know, you know who was ready to celebrate and, and to explode? This guy. His name is Ted Siegel. Daddy Bro. some people call him Daddy Ted, Daddy. which I think is kind of <laughs> odd, kind of weird. But kind of fetishy. Yeah, hey, yeah, a little too, a little too much. Hot or hot? <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> is no, Daddy. So you said odd or hot? No, I said odd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, no, no. Yeah, I think I mean we had a bunch of people out there. You know, we had like a Astros players. You know, with the lockout, we have a Tuve. I think or Kitty was there. Or, they, were, they were locked out from their stadium, so they stopped. Yeah, the so they, they stopped by. So I think Major, uh, Major what, uh, what's his name? Mayor Turner was out there, like sitting there? behind the supporter section. Nice. So, you know, there was people out there watching the game. And like I said, it was, there's definitely, uh, uh, oh, and before we finish, we have to talk about the TIFO, right? The, uh, the supporters. Um, yeah, the supporters release, which was great. You know, it was the, Omnash, I guess, is a word for uh, Pat Onstad, basically saying, you know, we're grateful for what you did in the past, but, you know, we're, we're expecting some stuff in, this, in the future for sure. So um, I was literally, uh, Christian took a picture and I'm the last <laughs> guy like holding the banner. So it was kind of cool to at least be a part of that uh, to start the season, man. But again, I think, uh, you know, match day one is is done and so, and we get one point out of it. And now we move to the dreaded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply visit of you know the sporting kc stadium uh it's been pretty painful i think we all have it ingrained in our minds how in 2020 the season ended after getting our you know behind whooped by them 4-0 then we waited like four months to start playing again so um and and even before that i'm, I'm sure rodrigo has all the stats written down but uh <laughs> the last couple matches uh, we lost there, but it's been, you know, we haven't gone fully goalless. Uh, you know, we've either lost three, two, two, one, four, two. So I'm expecting goals from our guys and Sporting KC did end up losing. And, and to talk about that a little bit, um, Christian, you know, they played against Atlanta United 
Atlanta United ended up winning 3-1. We don't have to dissect uh, this match because, honestly, I don't care for Atlanta United. They get on my nerves. Um, (laughs) But if you want to mention a little bit about the goals and Rodrigo, same thing, you know, uh, things that you guys may have seen that, uh, uh, you know, about KC, I guess, in that match. Yeah, I know, like, for a fact, the two first goals from uh, from Atlanta, they came from my counterattacks, and their two center backs looked very, very wonky. Like, they didn't even know what they were doing. Like, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you guys seen them at all, but, like, one of them, literally, the ball goes through between both, like, both uh, center backs, and then, and then the forward just runs, like, right through them. Como si nada. Like, nothing happened. He just... Like, like my mom says, Pancho por su casa. Like, he was just there by chilling by himself. And then the second one, it was like a one-on-one. Uh, Dom Dwyer, uh, he chopped up one of the one of the center backs, and then he just, you know, he scored a nice goal. Uh, the third one, I saw it, but I can't remember exactly because it came towards the end, like literally, like in the last two minutes, uh, right when uh, when SKC actually had scored one, so they 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 got close. They got to two one. And then Atlanta kind of sealed it off at the end. Um, but, I mean, they're going to come out looking for revenge, you know. The first game at home, uh, you know, they got that home advantage. You know, they got a, a lost, you know, and, and now they get a Dynamo that, you know, is 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 not struggling, but, you know, we're still trying to get our feet under ourselves. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the lineup, because I don't know if we're going to have a lot of changes, you know, Teenage is going to be available. Uh, I actually saw him today at practice whenever I went to go watch Dynamo Dos. Um, you know, you're going to, you might have Seca available. Who knows? Um, who else? Uh, you know, you, do we know if, you know, Quintero's going to start? Coco's going to start? You know, are we going to have Darwin sitting out there again? Are we going to have Memo again? Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like, I think this week is going to just have a bunch of question marks. And then after all those question marks, then you have to go and face one of the toughest teams in the West, you know, SKC. So it's going to be a rough week. You know, I'm not looking forward to it, but, you know, I really hope that being kind of like a derby in a way, sometimes I even see this game more of a derby than than Dallas at some point in time. I think the games against SKC happen to be better sometimes, maybe because SKC tends to be a better team. So it kind of elevates the game of the Houston Dynamo a little bit. And we always want to beat them over there, you know, just kind of disrespect them a little bit. So we'll see. Maybe we, we step it up. And also, you know, the homecoming, or I guess, you know, he's coming back. Paolo is coming back to face his master, I guess. Or yeah. His, and, his uh, and and uh, that's exactly racist. what yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going to tell Rodrigo or ask Rodrigo, you know, what is the importance of, you know, second game in, you go and play probably at one of the hardest, you know, uh, stadiums to play at in Kansas City. And not just Paulo Nagamura, right? I think you have Jimmy Nelson. You have Chris Martinez. There's uh, three. Yeah, there's quite a few guys that uh, that just literally recently were working in that facility and then in that city. What is that important? And how do you think that's going to go, Rodrigo, with the uh, – Young, what is a young Padawan playing against their the Jedi Master, basically in uh, Peter Burmese, man? Yeah, like um, Christian mentioned, um, this feels more like a derby, especially now with uh, Pablo, you know, against Peter Burmese. Um, and 
I feel like we kind of might have the upper hand um, just because like Paolo is our inside guy. He's worked so closely with this guys and with the, with the team that I feel like he would know better than anyone. Well, better, not better than Peter, but um, better than any other coach we've ever had to know the weaknesses, the strengths. Obviously they, you know, they've been, they have um, missing uh, key missing pieces uh, on this team. Um, but I still feel like we kind of have the upper hand in that sense. I do think unlike this real Salt Lake game, I think this is going to be more like a goal fest and it's going to go, it's going to be one of those like back and forth game. Um, you know, if it was up to me, yes, I still want to keep that clean sheet if possible, but how tough um, SKC is to play at home. Um, and I think the last time we won was in 2020 and it was a five, two game. And that's still a lot of goals. Um, and every other game after that, it's always been like three, two, four, whatever, you know, four, two, it's been like back and forth. So I feel like this is not going to, it's going to be the same or similar, especially after witnessing a zero, zero, I, you know, it'll be highly unlikely that it ends another zero, zero draw. Um, but there's going to be goals. And, and that's one of the things also that I, I kind of watch, you know, the, the little review of Atlanta SKC and SKC tends to, you know, whenever they go forward, you know, a lot of them go forward. So, you know, they're, they're very, uh, like attacking minded. So, you know, we can catch them with the speed of Fafa or, you know, maybe whoever's going to be on the right wing or whatever, you know, just kind of get a, a breakaway, kind of like what we did with Toronto in the, in uh, the preseason, you know, I think we could get a couple of goals like that. Uh, you know, if we can take some shots from outside the box or whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, SKC is going to come out also swinging hard and trying to, you know, get as many balls as they can get into, into the box. Cause that's what they, it seems like they did a lot. Like, they, they put so much pressure on you that, you know, either they get, you know, very left, uh, very vulnerable that I don't know how to say that. What, so if they lose the ball, you know, it's, it's easier for people to attack them really quick, or at least what Atlanta did. But also, you know, if, if you're trying to come out of your bag playing, it's going to be hard because, you know, they suffocate you. So it's going to be good for sure. It's going to be good. I definitely think we're going to see one of those counter goals. Um, you know, you're going to have Fafa, the gazelle against a Graham Susie, 35-year-old, <laughs> you know, running after him. So I, I can definitely see, a, you know, a counterattack goal from Fafa or Elisa play. And that was, and, a, that was the third goal from Atlanta. It was a 17-year-old running and Susie <laughs> chasing them down. He started running out of legs for sure, man, after 35. Hell, he started running out of legs when you're 32 like me now. <laughs> So or, or 29, <laughs> but uh, no, I think, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think Kansas city always, you know, if you, if you play FIFA or whatever they you do, like this all guy. attack, you do all attack. Um, I think that's Kansas city. I think their mentality is just to like, just suffocate you with, you know, their defense is just attacking. So they're just going to attack and be down your throat as much as they can, you know, so you don't go and, and score on them. But their back line tends to be the one that the weakest link usually, you know, obviously they have great players like Johnny Russell, uh, what's his name? Saloe. There's, they have some, I mean, Alan Pulido is obviously hurt. So their striker is not necessarily, you know, a top of the line striker per se, even though Daniel Saloe did score a bunch of goals last season. Um, but there's going to be opportunity for hopefully for the Dynamo to get a goal. Now, as far as winning the game, I think it's going to be very difficult. For the dynamo to um get that uh 
that W over there. Not impossible for sure. I think that um, Paolo definitely is going to come out with a different lineup. I do expect for him to not repeat the same lineup. We know that, you know, Griffin Dorsey's hurt, but I think he's going to tweak his midfield as well to maybe starting Coco. Yeah, what's up? No, I'm saying what about three in the back? You know, since you know you're playing a, a very attacking-minded, you know, team like SKC, and, you know, maybe you have to get it, you know, be in there, be a little bit more, not defensive, but a little bit more cautious maybe. I don't know. But I don't think SKC has Pulidos, which is like their main guy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think he'll, I don't know, but again, we, we don't know. At this point, he's experimenting for sure uh, what his uh, lineup is going to be. So, you know, we can't say that he's not not going to play three in the back. But at the same time, I think um, he's going to try to play or, you know, even now the the style of per- Peter Burmese. So he'll know that it whatever, you know, if Peter Burmese has a, you know, this specific lineup, he may tweak it knowing exactly what can help and benefit his team playing three in the back. I think you're just going to make yourself, you know, be receptive of just getting um, suffocated, like you mentioned, just with, you know, multiple attacks. And all you're doing is parrying, you know, for your life just so you can, you know, do something. But um, I expect for them to play close to a 4-3-3. What's up? Uh, I was going to say, um, I think I expect him to kind of go out with what the main lineup we had talked about before of um, Coco and um, Quintero. Because I feel like with that style of uh, play from SKC, uh, you know, with them actually giving more through balls or finding the space um, in a quick transition, um, I think they'll catch them off guard instead of, you know, having a, I mean, no disrespect, but set in. Um, He's not going to be one of those players that's going to look to try to, you know, the long ball or the uh, through ball or something. He's kind of more the drop down defend. And I still think Beta's got to be still a key player to be more of the uh, holding mid um, and helping out the back, especially with SKC just kind of coming down your throat and giving, you know, everybody a little bit more time to settle in the back. Yeah, no, and I was just going to add, I mean, one thing that we noticed in the subs that he made uh, during the first match against Russell Lake, you know, when Coco was brought in and sorry, Darwin Quintero was brought in, you know, he came in and right away signaled the fact that, hey, we're going to play with, you know, two defensive midfielders, which quickly you saw Beta and Coco basically play next to each other and allowing uh, uh, Darwin Quintero to just kind of roam around. That may be how they start for that same reason, because you can get Darwin Quintero a ball in a dangerous space and having the speed of Corey Bird or um, Fafa just to open up the field like you know, Atlanta United did against them in this past matchup. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because literally all three goals came from long balls or, or long runs or through balls. And and I think Quintero and Coco are, you know, same thing. No disrespect, but probably the two that are most, you know, probably not uh, uh, creative. More, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely more creative. They're going to do those. Yeah, they're going to put those through balls more than others. Yeah, usually. and – and it's just about the vision. And again, I think you're knowing that, uh, you know, Senate has done it in the past for sure. He's had his, uh, you know, handful of goals that he scored in his MLS career uh, from long distance. But here uh, you're trying to you're playing that at away against a very good team that, you know, that that stadium 
is going to be a packed, you know, to the rim. Um, so, and the crowd is all in your face as players, you know, I think that that's one of the stadiums that most, you know, teams that play there um, just hate because they said that the crowd is just right on top of you. Um, so allowing the the creative guys that may just get one or two opportunities to play that, you know, through ball or long ball um, to attack and then the counterattacking way, uh, it's probably the way that's going to break this uh, Sporting KC up a bit. And if you can get yourself you know, find yourself scoring a goal, an early goal too, uh, would definitely change the whole situation of, of this matchup. But again, this is pretty early. I'm sure there's going to be more, obviously, with injuries uh, happening, Seca maybe uh, getting to play, you know. We don't know what the lineup would look like. But do you guys want to just throw maybe a prediction, you know, uh, that you guys are thinking? I'll start with, you know, with mine, I guess. I, I think we're going to end up getting, a, you know, losing this match. Um, but I think we'll score a goal or two. Uh, so in my case, I'll, I'll probably I'll say maybe a two-one loss uh, for the good guys. Uh, but Rodrigo or Christian, whichever one of y'all want to add, if you feel comfortable, man, you can do it. That's how I'll flip it. Two-one win. I feel like we'll we'll be it'll be the surprise. I guess. Huh. I would. I was gonna say three-two loss. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. again, I I do feel comfortable that the the sporting ac they're going to be at home right it was very different for real salt lake to play against us especially with so many people out that they had to play defensively they had to play as much you know giving us the ball possession as much this is going to be opposite we're going to be kind of fending for our lives i think uh casey's going to hold the possession but casey's going to try to explode and get all those goals um so we we should see man i think uh Casey is always in the playoffs. They're just a good team, you know, uh, a good Western Conference team. I think this match, to me, is almost as important as uh, the Texas Derby against uh, Dallas FC. I think they're they're up there. And and the fact that we played against Casey so many times in the playoffs, you know, it's been a while, but we played so many times and either they, you know, we would knock them out or they would knock us out of the playoffs. Just created this really um, – respectful rivalry that I wish I would go to a game like this. Cause this is some good games that you know that your team is most likely going to lose, but they're going to, it's going to be a hell of a fight, man. It's going to be a good one. Yep. Uh, I agree. So, I mean, with anything uh, else that you guys want to add or, or we can go ahead and close this uh, episode down, man. I, w- I wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about Dynamo Los. Um just because I went, so today they had a preseason game. Uh, I think is their second preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. They uh, faced FC Tulsa. They actually, yeah, they lost the first one against San Antonio FC. It was a 1-0 loss. And then this game, they won 1-0. Um, unfortunately, we were not able to be in the first half of the game. So we were just watching the second half. Uh, but by the time we got there, they had already scored in the first half. So we got to see the second half. Um, and it wasn't very like formal or anything like that, you know, like a bunch of the guys, you know, had like the training jerseys with, with the numbers on them. And then some guys had the jerseys with no, no numbers on it. For example, uh, Ethan Barlow, he was playing, uh, but he didn't have, you know, his, his number on it or, or his name. Uh, just, I guess, given the fact that, you know, he could yeah i guess switch back and forth or whatever but just uh from what i saw i'm gonna give uh kind of like a lineup 
that I saw. And then I have some names that actually I heard, you know, people screaming at each other. And then some, some, some people I didn't get uh, their names, but I got their numbers. So, you know, if you know who you are, if you're listening and if you were playing today, uh, we just wanted to give you a shout out. So if I'm not mistaken, the goalkeeper was uh, Xavier or Javier or however he goes by. I, I'm not sure. He looked Probably like Xavi. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it was him or not. So, you know, if it wasn't uh, Xavier, which is the, the third goalkeeper that the Dynamo just signed recently, 18 year old kid from New York. Uh, but whoever the goalkeeper was, I just got to say that he was very, very vocal and like he was talking the whole entire game, which is something that I I'm really like. I'm a liked. screamer, baby. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> clip clip it. it. Yeah, that's gonna make the clip. That's gonna make the clip for sure. But 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 I don't know how Rodrigo was, but I appreciate a goalkeeper that <laughs> oh he was a screamer for sure. Yeah. I, I appreciate your screamer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> As a defender, I appreciate a screamer. Um, so and then it was a it was a four three three, very defined. You know, Kenny Bundy, I think, is gonna be playing kind of similar to what Paulo you know is playing in the first team so you had Jathan who is actually has he had been practicing with the first team I think for the last two years he was wearing number 13 then you had Ethan Barlow playing you know uh, left center back then you had uh, Tyler number four playing right center back and then you had uh, I didn't get his name but people were calling him MJ and he was wearing number two uh, so I'm not sure if his uh because one of the one of the guys that got signed, I think his last name is Joiner. So I don't know if it was him or not. Uh, then in the midfield, you had um, number sixteen playing on the left side, and then you had Reigns, uh, Brooklyn Reigns, playing in the middle. That's the the fifteen year old kid that also got signed. Uh, and then number eighteen, Diego on the right. And funny enough, I actually had a like a 10, 15 minute conversation with his dad outside, and a pretty cool story. You know how the kid kind of. Went, moved up the ranks and then uh like last year or not too long this year he had he had like a decision to actually keep going with the academy basically you know you get to u19s and you know that's kind of it for you and he was gonna go to utah and play college over there and then uh, kenny bundy basically told his dad you know just keep him here for a little bit you know we're gonna we're gonna sign him and then Two weeks ago, he got signed for the Dynamo. Though. So, you know, shout out to Diego and his dad, uh, you know, for basically, you know, fighting, fighting everything and, you know, making it to, to where he's at right now. And, you know, uh, Charlie Ganas for the for the future, I guess. Hey, we would uh, love number, to see him as a Dynamo player for sure. For real. Yeah, yeah. And and he started, I think his dad was telling me he started with the Dynamo when he was 13 and now he's 19. So it's been, a you know, a good fight for him to to kind of, you know, go up the ranks. But he said that he's been playing with Kenny Bundy since he was uh, 15. So he's been with with Bundy for at least four years. So it, it's good, you know, connections there. Uh, number 17 was playing uh, like on the on the the three up top or number 17 on the left. Uh, Beto, who also got signed by Dynamo Dos, number 14 as a striker. And then Papa Andoye, uh, he was playing on the right side. So. That was that was the team that I saw. I, I didn't get to see the first half, but I know there was some other guys that came in and out. But um, but yeah, that was Dynamo Dos and what we, what I got to see from the training. And uh, not Ted Sigo, uh Pat was there. Uh, Paulo was there. Asher was there. So they were all kind of there paying attention to these guys. 
and, you know, and see and seeing what the what the future looks like of this Dynamo. So it's pretty fun. And I got to talk to uh, Kenny Bundy's parents, re- really nice people. It was very random, but I was talking to them for like 10 minutes, too. So pretty cool. Pretty cool people. No, that's 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 yeah, no, that's good to know, man. It's good to, to know about the uh, Houston Dynamo, though. So obviously they're barely getting kicked off. Um, but we are hopeful and that you know it come into fruition that we would get more players uh pipeline you know to the first team uh that play in dynamo those for sure um but guys this is uh match day one coming up you know match day two sure to be here soon uh just you know to let the the uh date it's uh the game will be played saturday march 5th um at 2 30 p.m central time should be a good one i think the weather was perfect uh for this this sunday so uh probably gonna be another cool day for the dynamo you know they're trying to get us to freeze to dead before we bring everybody to uh the heathen humidity that is our pnc stadium man but you know christian let the peeps uh know where how they can connect with us man uh yeah man so you can always you know get it as an ad dynamo theory on ig and twitter you can send us an email to dynamo theory podcast at gmail.com you can find me at chris putalias rudy at rudy segura three and rodrigo at rodrigo segura zero one and for everything for breakfast links player reviews and a bunch of other articles that are coming out now we're doing uh player rankings after each game so you can check those out as well at dynamo theory.com yeah, and before Rodrigo closes us out, I did want to give a shout out because I just thought about who I ran into. I saw a bunch of faces that I recognized I, I, uh, at the game. One of them was Foxtrot. I just kind of saw him from afar. I saw Andres. But I saw Dynamo memes, man, and I went up to him. And he probably was like, who the hell is this guy? Because, you know, I've only met him one time, I think, uh, in person, which was at Media Game that uh, me and Christian went to. Uh, and I just told him, like, you jinxed it, man. You jinxed it. We could have won. Just kind of <laughs> messing with him. But uh, – yeah, just, it, it was a fun time. Uh, you know, I told my dad, I'm like, it's kind of cool now just being a part of the uh, the supporter section because you recognize a lot of people, especially, you know, play, uh, you know, guys that do like Generation Orange. I saw them, I didn't get to talk to them, but I saw both Mark and Sean um, there and a few of the players, or not a few of the players, a few of the guys that we met from EB, uh, from Texanian Army and from uh, uh, The Surge. I don't really know a lot of people from uh, Bandera Negra, but they were out there and, and it was popping for how whatever it is. But Rodrigo, man, further, no further Be, ado, man. Before Rodrigo says yeah, something, yeah. I, I saw Finn. So shout out to, to Finn. What? From the uh, man, I need to look for him. <laughs> he owes yeah. me one, dude. We need to record with him sometime soon. Maybe we'll hit him up for uh, his next recording. But before I close this out, for those of y'all that watch English <laughs> football, all I have to say is, Campeones, campeones, <laughs> ale, ale, ale. Christian, make sure right, to not to put, make make sure not to edit the video. Just leave it blank. So <laughs> I don't know yeah, what he's I'm talking proud. about. Well, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> right here. This? this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is, that, is that a swan? Let's, let's play her. Dude, that looks fake, bro. bro. Hey, honestly, that's <laughs> from the Enzo shop, bro. Bro, that that uh, the penalty though. That penalty though. Mm. Yeah, I saw that somebody got to keep the ball. Like yeah, he took it out of the stadium. Poor Kepa, he hit like somebody <laughs> no, no, like no, no, way no. up. Not that one, not that one. Oh, I'm talking Van Dyke. about Van Dyke. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that, that mind was... game of like being all the way to one side, he's still, like, yeah. "F it, I'm gonna put it right there." Right? That's just yeah. That's hardcore. But, but 
All right, guys. Well, again, uh, thank you, Houston Animal fans, for listening. And remember to always hold it down and keep it forever for us. Let's go.